Hey, it's Freiberger here from Roadkill. I am quarantining pretty hardcore. Staying in my garage, getting some stuff done. I hope you are too. And man, I hope this thing ends soon so we can get back to racing. Hi, JMBR Nation. This is Boom Boom. Please be safe, stay inside, and I'll see you all in October at Joe's Mini Bike Reunion. Hey, what's up, JMBR? This is Jake Moe from MoFab Co. I uh, just want to encourage you guys to stay safe out there. Um, stay inside, wear your mask, do what you got to do. Hopefully we can put this COVID thing behind us and get back out on our bikes. Have a good one. Hey, JMBR Nation. It's Jim, Amy, and Hank. We want to say to everybody, stay safe because we'll be riding soon. everybody welcome to joe's mini bike reunion podcast this is your podcast for tuesday april the 21st 2020 what a great podcast we have in store for you today i want to begin by thanking our sponsors over at pioneer car electronics you know pioneer is the global leader in car electronics and a proud supporter of automotive events and enthusiasts everywhere no matter what you drive pioneer is the gear to upgrade your ride to sound better and connect with the latest technology like bluetooth Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, and new for 2020, Amazon Alexa. Remember, don't break up with your car. Upgrade it. PioneerElectronics.com for more information. Guys, I hope everybody's doing well here as we enter in what appears to be way too long, maybe what, five weeks with this uh, pandemic. I hope everybody's doing okay. I've been uh, following along on some of the social media, and it looks like a lot of guys are building bikes and buying parts. Uh, a good friend of mine from upstate New York, Chris Karak, who's been following the podcast and getting the mini bike fever. He's out of Texas, and he was listening into the podcast that we had a couple of weeks ago, talking to Mike Hughes from Tomb, Texas Outlaw Mini Bikes. And Chris was getting the fever, and we went back and forth, sending some photos of different bikes. And I was sending him photos of bikes that I found on Craigslist in Detroit, in LA, in Texas. And Shit, I had his head spinning before he knew it. I sent him so many opportunities, and he ended up buying a bike. He found a little doodle bug beater. He's wondering where to get parts. It's like, well, man, you've been listening to the podcast all this time. You know where to get the parts. You go to gopowersports.com if you're in Texas. You go to Studs in Detroit, or you, you visit any of those guys online. So Chris has got a bike. Hopefully, you've got one, too. I have um, dedicated most of these podcasts towards our rigid frame death traps, right? Those are the bikes that when you talk about a mini bike, that's the one, right? The lawnmower engine, barely some suspension, maybe a scrub brake. And there was also another group of mini bikes. And when I was growing up in upstate New York, we, we did not have enough juice or bucks or a backyard for that matter to afford or enjoy a cool Honda. Okay. Nobody I knew was on a Z50 or a CT70. And if you came through our neighborhood with one of those, we were going to chase you down to beat you up and take it. But as we grow older, we realize that's not how you do things. 
and my passion has never changed because every time I saw a Honda, whether it was a CT70 or a Z50, um, into a small degree, those ST70s or 90s, I never got into those. Anyways, when I see those bikes, man, I just start salivating. Uh, you know, it's, you, you go right back to that time when you remember seeing those bikes for the first time and you couldn't afford them. Well, shit, now it's not so much a matter of affording them. It's just, where do they fit? Are they bikes that you can enjoy and ride? Do you want them to be garage jewelry so when your friends come over, they get the fever too? The answer to both of those questions is probably yes. So the two bikes that I've owned that fall into this category were both gold CT70s and they were 1972 models. I like those because they were a little bit more comfortable with that front suspension. And it just was a coincidence that I found two similar models in the same color. Well, one of them I enjoyed for a while uh, and I ended up uh, making it a star. It got on Roadkill. David Freiberger from Roadkill used it on an episode of Roadkill and it took on a life of its own. I ultimately sold it to a sales guy over there at Motor Trend who had way more money than brains. And he wanted to have this little collectible. So he took home that CT70. I got a second gold CT70 that I enjoyed for a little while. I bought it for my buddy, George, who was a big, small Honda bike restorer himself in his own right. And I bought that one and I rode it around for a year or so. And I ended up selling it to a good friend, Tommy Campbell, a sponsor of the show, Campbell Automotive. And to this day, Tommy rides that bike with his dad and his brothers in their CT70s with their color matching helmets. And they love it. And that's what this is all about. We love that. So I started to get the fever. You know, I don't know what you guys are doing, but all I'm doing is going online. I'm like a little girl on my computer. I'm on the phone. I'm on the computer. I'm on the phone. I'm on the computer. I'm in the garage. I'm on the computer. So I've been looking at CT70s, and that's how I stumbled on to tonight's guest. Uh, when you look at CT70 restoration, it's almost like Googling Kleenex. Like everything pops up. Everybody thinks that they're a Honda small bike restorer. And the fact is, many of you probably have taken a stab at it. Hey, it's really small. These, these things also come apart really quick. Kelly, is that your wife? Love her. Look at her, huh? She's setting up the backdrop. You see that, E? The little advertising? Hey, don't miss out. Make sure you check out the Little Bikes Restoration on Facebook. In fact, I think this video is running live there. And you can look at the photos that I uploaded on the Facebook page announcing Tracy's um, uh, interview and those photos got a ton of views and likes. So anyways, I was getting the fever and I started looking at bikes. I stumbled across uh, little bikes restoration and I was almost going to be able to go there because I was going to be in Indianapolis last February. But unfortunately, the schedule didn't allow me to go. I came back. All this shit came down. And here I am online looking at bikes and I go to uh, little bikes Facebook page, little bikes restoration. And I'm amazed. The, the site in the Facebook page speaks for itself. You do a little deep dive on Tracy, and it's even more interesting. Uh, with that said, let's bring out the guy who is going to give us the download and drop some knowledge on these small bikes directly, and then maybe whet your appetite if you may have been in the market or maybe are in the market for a small little bike, particularly a Honda. Welcome to the podcast. Tracy Schooler from Brownsburg, Indiana, about 10 minutes outside of Indy. How you doing, Tracy? Great, Joe. Thanks for having me on. <clears throat> really excited for tonight. A lot of uh, insight, a lot of stories. Um, but 
if, if you don't mind, I, I want to talk a little bit about and, and jump right in uh, to that. I call it like a, a, a just a rigid frame mini bike. OK, so before we get to the Hondas and we talk about all the candy paints and all the shiny stuff. OK, let's talk about when we were on the farm and I grew up here in central Indiana. OK, my father farm, my grandfather farm. And for us. It was not really about having a Honda, okay? This was in the 60s. We couldn't afford that, or if we could, he wouldn't let us know that because I'd never met a rich farmer, okay? So we had a go-kart, which had a double seat made in the shop, and it had to be made in the shop after hours. Dad wouldn't dare work on the building us. I had three bro two brothers, and he wouldn't build anything for us that was during the daytime hours or it had to be after hours, you know, and we had to help him. You Sounds know? like and, a smart guy. Right. And so we had a little mini bike, rigid frame, put tires on it. Now you understand like the tires come from rule King or big R or farm fleet and supply. Okay. <laughs> you, you didn't order them from the race center down here in Indianapolis. You, you know, didn't get them at Go Power Sports or Studs Racing. Yeah, you didn't order it from there. So, and this was made in, in like if we had a Tecumseh motor or we had a Briggs and Stratton, that's what went on this thing. Okay. Got a little clutch for it. And we rode that thing around everywhere. But I remember so many times, you know, just seems like it was like the chain would jump off. You know, I don't think we had something quite right there to where the chain would jump off or, or we was trying to maybe do something that we probably shouldn't have been doing on the little bike. And long comes 1970. Okay. So in 1970, I remember this very vividly. We had a lake house and, and the crops were pretty good and the crops looked pretty good. Okay. So the spring, and you've heard the expression knee high by the 4th of July. Have you ever yes, heard that, Joe? I have. So you, the crops look pretty good. And, and dad, I felt like that, you know, he was in a good mood. And, and so we, we had a place at the lake and, and, you know, and my brother, especially because he was five years older than myself. And in 1970, you know, I'm seven years old. Okay. So he talks him in to go into the Honda dealership in Brazil, Indiana, which you can imagine it wasn't big as dryer Honda. Okay. You're who I deal with now, but anyway, it was a small Honda dealership. They had some mini bikes out front and I'll never forget this red thing just stood out to my brother and I, you know, like, wow, if you, if we had that, look what we could do, you know, and I'll never forget this. Three hundred and sixty-two dollars and ten cents for that bike. Was it a Z fifty or a CT seventy? It was a CT seventy three speed candy gold, candy red. Oh, yeah, it was a candy red, and and uh, so we. Well, had I can talk Dad into buying it. Well, because we told him the crops look good. Sure, and set them up. Anything for our birthday, and Chris didn't need anything for his birthday, so we kind <laughs> of kind of joined forces. And then we told him, "Look, hey, we understand there's going to be a lot of straw. There's going to be a lot of hay. We'll help bail, no problem." Yeah, you are you you are fully committed to getting that bike. Yeah, oh, no and doubt. You bring it home, and it's not like your your farm is going to be littered with neighbors all over the place, right? 
Right. No. You your I brother mean, on that bike for how many years? Well, we, we ended up uh, about really 15 um, because I, I remember him, especially, I know he got rid of it and I was probably just out of high school when he got rid of it, but yeah, it lasted quite a while. Is that bike by any chance anywhere in the family still? They no, go the way of, yeah. No, it sure isn't. Well, wouldn't yeah. that be ironic considering how many bikes you put and you, you bring back to life? Wouldn't it just be ironic if that bike came through the system again? Right. Yeah. I would have no way knowing because I, I never, we kept the paperwork for years, but we never did title it, but we had the, the certificate and the bill of sale with it. But yeah, I'd have no way of knowing. Well, you know, I, uh, I appreciate jumping right into that because, you know, I think what we're going to try to do here is go clean through without a break. I'd like to remind those folks that are listening that if you'd like to uh, have a chance to enter the email contest, Go ahead and send an email to uh, it's sales, S-A-L-E-S, at motor, M-O-T-O-R, media, M-E-D-I-A, Inc., I-N-C.com, sales at motormediainc.com. On the subject line, just put down um, uh, podcast number three. If you have a question or a comment, we'll try to uh, sift through some of those uh, throughout the podcast and see if we have some questions that maybe Tracy can help answer. So, Tracy, so that bike, that CT70, the red bike that you and your brother talked dad into, you get it home, you ride it, you enjoy it. Is that, I would imagine, where the whole fever on small bikes started? Right. Well, and, and you gotta you gotta say this. I mean, when you when you talk about getting started and and even even if I even talking with guys today who have really nice Harleys, if you ask them where they started, a lot of people start on a Honda. They really do. And and that that whole line, if if you look back at that whole line where it's a Z50, a CT70 or an SL70 or an XL70, that that whole era right through 70 through 75 right there. I mean, that was the, the like the premium bike. You know, at that yeah. time, the colors, even looking at the colors today, you know, when you look at the H model and the orange topaz or the beautiful. blue green candy, they're wow. beautiful. Oh, yeah. In 2020, they're still pretty. You, yeah. They catch your eye. Even, even our shop, it just amazes because I'm in the race capital of the world. Uh, the, all the funny car teams are around me where it's John Force or DSR. And, and of course, my landlord is, is, is the late Bill Simpson. But Anyway, you know, it's just even those guys love the colors of those bikes. Yeah, we're going to put up some photos. Uh, again, if you'd like to get a little bit of uh, a, a dose of this eye candy, you can check it out on my Facebook page, but we'll run some photos now uh, intermittently throughout the podcast. So uh, I have uh, recently talked to folks. In fact, just when I uh, was looking at some of the comments earlier, uh, there's a a good guy out here that uh, has a rep firm in the automotive industry, very, very successful, has a huge, huge car collection. But when you go see him, the first thing he does is bring you into the little small room where all the little Z50s are, the CT70s. Yeah. He also had a very huge collection of tacos. And he had a couple Enduros. Wow. Uh, one was a DT360 and another one was a DT250 Yamaha. Never had fluid in them. They're just beautiful garage candies we talked about. And right. then you talk to the next guy uh, who's a diehard mini bike guy. In fact, I have some of the photos that he sent me up here. Greg Dahlia from New Jersey, huge collection of five or six or seven or eight CT70s. Uh, Joe Petrelia from Arizona, another guy that's gone through the Z50s and 
Yeah, I see his name quite a bit. Well, he's big at Barrick Jackson, and and I'll talk a little bit about the Barrick Jackson bikes that you've uh, run through that circuit as well. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. But I I guess what I'm getting at is that everybody, everybody's got a warm and fuzzy, and I did too. And when I looked at your site, you know, it's you're obviously the, the face of the company, and obviously your passion just pours out. But I also looked at some of the other photos, and I was watching the small detail where you you, you polish those little uh, controllers with the and you, you paint them with the red paint, and you've got them all all the bikes laid out on the stands and frames up on the on the the ceiling. I mean, you have you have to yeah. have a blast when you go to work every day, don't you? Well, I pinch myself, Joe. I can't believe it. And, and it, you know, it's, I would like to take all the credit, but to be honest with you, um, I have a great, great wife who is able to work with me every day and, and our son does the website and the other, the other team members, the people who do our engines, you know, Steve and his team do a phenomenal job and, and Todd and his paint crew that's eight doors down from us do a fantastic job. And I'm, I'm just so blessed, Joe, to be honest with you, the people that I'm associated with, the people that are, I surround myself with, and they're, they're just so good at what they do. And, and this area, I, I call it like Claremont and West side of Indianapolis. It just, you know, it's just, it, it screams race. It screams motor. It, it just, there's really good people in this area. That's good at what they do. And, and I'm just very fortunate to surround myself with good people. Yeah. Well, I uh, had a chance briefly to deal with Kelly. And most recently, as we were setting up some of the technical sides of this podcast with your son, Lucas, I see, I see the, the smile on her face. I see the, you know, she's putting those decals on the bike, like that little finishing touch. Um, <laughs> yeah, so she, there, there is that sense that yeah. you're really going to take yeah. back a bike from little bikes restoration that your whole heart and soul went into bringing back to life. And that's honestly what got me excited about it. And then, so I dial up uh, Tracy and I have probably as many questions as most folks that reach out to them. You know, uh, you want to know about pricing. You want to know about which models are the best, which ones, uh, you know, he recommends. And I'll take us through that. Take us through the Z50, if you could, chronologically. I know that there was a, a brother to it, the Z50R, which was more off-road related. Can you take right. us to the beginning of the ZR50 and then maybe the CT70s, just for those yeah. folks? Uh, the yeah. difference with the the KOs and the automatics and the semi-automatics, if you could cover that, that would be really helpful. Yeah. So let, let's start in back there when 68, when the Z50 come, was introduced and and it didn't have a headlight. So therefore, it was a little bitty monkey model, you know, and and the fenders on it were painted and and still little bitty eight inch tire and pretty simple 49 cc's and and then along comes 69 to where they come up that was the the 68 was the ko model and the first year model and and then they come into 69 which was the k1 and they had put a headlight on it okay and still didn't raise anything to do with the CCs. It was still a 49cc engine. And, and then, then we got into, well, we would fancy the, the fenders up just a little bit. And so we went with a chrome fender 
Okay. And then the backing plates would be polished rather than just be painted. And so we added a little to it there. And, and, and I got a lot of this information when I picked the brain of in one of the nation's oldest Honda dealership is Junior Dryer, Dryer Honda out of Indianapolis. They happen to be the oldest now um, Honda dealership. But I picked his brain. I, I get it, have him at my shop every month, you know, and, and uh, so it's kind of neat to know how they come in and they uncrated them and so forth. But back to the Z50, they they come along and then 1971 comes along. They introduced the K2. So still a headlight on it, still 49 cc's, still have chrome fenders, but now we've put a foot brake on it. Okay, so now we've got a chrome foot brake. We don't have to rely just on our hands. So now we introduce that to it. And and then it goes into just exactly what you said. We go in to 1972 and we start a K series and they went with the K3. And then that was in 72 and then the K4 in 73. And then they made like different colors of that. But basically when you look back at the, the, the 72 or the K3 on up to the 1978s, they're all basically with the same tank, okay? Different paint schemes, same engine, a little bit different as far as the paint and the fenders go. But basically, they the only one year I seen them offer just one color was 1975. And that was the lowest production year of the Z50 that they had. So, so the 72 model that uh, my old chubby butt liked because it was a little bit more comfortable, I think you agreed with me as well. There is a notable difference, isn't there, from well, that style suspension? Yeah, because you went from the rigid frame of 68 through 71, and then along in 72, we put shocks on the back. Sure. So, yes, it is. It's a little bit more comfortable, you know. Um, Tracy, what were so some then, of the options on the bike? I knew that there were a time where you would see like a chrome luggage rack that looked like it could be stock. Were, were there any other add-ons from Honda for those bikes that you had a chance to buy at the time? Yeah, so the only ones that not in the line of the Z50 that I'm aware of. No, the CT70s. I'm sorry. The C I, I switched around. Yes, yes. excuse me. The CT70s, there you could get a luggage rack and but all the CT70s come with the speedo. The only option that we went different with in that same 71 era was on the SL70. If you wanted the road package, you could actually get a speedo with it. Okay. And so that was actually the and like you're gonna you're gonna crap, but it was thirty dollars extra and the dealer put it on for you for the thirty bucks. I did get that out of junior dryer. So most guys that are really into it, you could tell a couple ways at what you're looking at by the colors to some degree. Right. Uh the decals too told the story, didn't they? The decals tell all the story. Yes. Give us the, give sure. us the, the inside and, on that. And the decals you got to look at in the CT70 line is you'll see the black stripe straight down with Honda across the bar, the, what we call the bar of the unibody. But that come in three colors, okay? And that Honda was just a black stripe and plain. And those, those colors were candy red, as we had spoke about, candy gold, Okay, and sapphire blue. So, and then you got into the manual four speed. What they would do is they now turned that stripe and instead of running the stripe straight down, they 
put it on a slant and they put a little Honda there. And then in cursive, they put trail 70. Okay. Now, if you had one of those, now that's a manual four speed. You were some pretty big stuff. Okay. So we, they offered that collar in the blue green candy, the orange topaz and the emerald green. (laughs) <laughs> now, Joe, I gotta ask you. You know, I, I've I've waited this whole time to ask it, and I know you've got your your personal preference. Okay, can you share with all of us what's your personal preference when we talk about the colors of the four speed? What's your favorite? I I gotta tell you, red and Honda. Oh, you yeah. got a, you're a candy apple red kind of guy. And then when I saw the seventy two that was part of the rollers. I think you had four or five rollers that 72. Right. Uh, I saw it again. It's like, even as it ages, does that have, uh, was that repainted? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, that bike in red, like I, I bought a, a Honda Grom and I have a Honda monkey. And when I bought my Grom, you know, you only had two choices color wise. So I got red. And then as their kaleidoscope changed, and it went, I think from red now they're available in yellow. And this year they came out with blue. I bought a blue one. A blue you did? Hunt. Yeah, I have a blue monkey. And it's been tricked out by my friends over at um, uh, Steady Garage. I'll send you some photos. I love it. I have not had a chance yet to totally enjoy it because it was delivered to my house. And we immediately went into the, you know, kind of house arrest. So I, right. I haven't been out on that bike. I did sneak off to go maybe an eighth of a mile to, to this grocery store because I, I just had to get on it. You had to get on it. You were itching uh, I love it. to drive it. So, so I have a red Grom, a 2014, and I have this 2020 Honda Monkey Blue. The two CT70s I have were gold. And right now, I guess to me, I'd much rather have like a really nice bike and color wouldn't make a difference to me. I just want to find kind of a low mile original owner bike so uh, we apologize for the little technical glitch. Uh, thanks for those of you who are listening. I see uh, the birthday boy, Justin Eichler, uh, is viewing. I, look at this. Well, Evil Ed, do you have a connection or not? Evil Ed's on here. We, we got to figure out what's, what's up with Evil Ed on getting him on this podcast again here with his connection. What do we have? Well, a shout out to uh, Robert Budson. Linda, how are you doing? Look at Linda, give me the... Um, Linda, give me the thumbs up. Brian Ekstrom, thanks for watching. Uh, Steve Subergano, hey, cuz, how you doing? Thomas Smith, Mike Razzo, uh, my buddy Richard White, Rodney Brown. I got oh, Razzo. Yeah, Chris Gorski, uh, Louis Rubio, Teresa Sitton, uh, Brian York, Mike Razzo, Chris Gorski. Guys, those of you who are, and, and thank you for uh, viewing. You know, this podcast will live forever. Uh, well, That's I, the beauty of it. So you'll have the opportunity, depending on how good this goes, to point to it. But um, yeah, this is really good. And I got the sense this was, this would be well watched, not only during the initial taping, but when it lives afterwards, you know, you can download and watch any of these podcasts wherever you, you get your podcast fixed. You know, it's either YouTube or Podomatic or I don't know, just easy to find. Just Google it. So Tracy, we were talking about some of the popular bikes and yeah, those two colors, that four speed. And then I was asking about when these bikes come in and how many bikes do you think have come through the shop now? Just ballpark. Are we in? Are we in the? Are we in the high hundreds or the thousand? Are we around there somewhere? Not, not, a, not a thousand. Okay. Somewhere between two to three hundred. So hundreds of bikes. What's 
what's the common problem when these things come rolling in? What are the two or three things that you can almost certainly go right to knowing that they need a little bit of love, even if they didn't come in at 5,000 miles or whatever? Yeah, but but the beauty part about what I do is that I really, I'm very fortunate. I just do full, mainly full restorations. We uh, you go through everything. Then. We go through everything and, and it gets stripped all the way down. And But the unique thing about that, and, and I want to make, make this very clear that uh, you talk about, you know, how I enjoy going into work every day because every day is different, right? I mean, you know, you're always doing something different, but one thing for sure, and you can, you can attest to this. When I talk to that owner, I get that initial phone call. Look, you know, this, this hasn't, this hasn't ran in 20 years or, Oh, I found this over in the corner of the garage or, you know, my son is, is I'm getting ready to be a grandpa now. And I would sure like my grandson to ride my bike, you know, and I get that all the time. And, 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 and they're just, they want, and there's, and Mike Razzo does a fantastic job. You know, he, he does these customs and, and unbelievable, unbelievable work. But he, when the people that I deal with is mainly, they just want them as the way they had them when they were a kid, you know, but, but they want that paint to look new and they want it all to look new and they want to present that to their son or their grandson. And, and I do a lot of that, to be honest with you. I, where and the majority of them and some of them do run some of them may be a little weak uh but i'm going to be honest with you the majority of the bikes that we we start all over on do not run they they definitely don't run and i get them in boxes baskets anything <laughs> you know so it's a just true basket case huh <laughs> yes a true basket case so, but it's amazing to me, the stories, I, I just love it because when I get up and go to work every day, I don't know what story I'm going to hear today, but promise you, there's a story behind every bike. Well, now when you're online, there's also a story there every day about these bikes. There's so many different vintage style, uh, Facebook pages and where you go to, uh, Pinterest or you go to any of these places where you're going to pull any images and you search for Honda Z 50s, CT 70s, and they're, they're everywhere. And, and one's nicer than the other. And then you look at some of the bikes that are built in Japan. Um, I have uh, Robert David, uh, the doctor, we call him. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a collector out here in California. Wonderful man. Uh, and a participant in my mini bike show. That we hold annually here in La Crescenta. In fact, I'd love to see you out there. You can judge our, our, our CT70 and our Z50 <laughs> class. I, I would love for you to come out here. In fact, you know, I'd love to do it. Uh, we are hopeful that we'll have that event. Uh, the tentative date is October the 17th. Perfect. Brought to you in part by many of the uh, sponsors that support the show, as well as the presenting sponsor again, Pioneer. We're hopeful, like many of us here, uh, that all the events that we want to go to, I want to come and maybe see you at by attending the four wheel jamboree in yes. uh, Indianapolis in, in July and, and maybe see you at the brickyard, but all that's up in the air. So right now I'm buying mini bikes online and I'm calling you up and I see, I see the uh, rollers that you have and boy, they're the right colors. They're the, they're the orange colors. You had that red, you know, 72 model that I liked and I'm looking at them and you know, we're talking prices. They seem to be priced somewhere from like, a couple grand up to 3,500 bucks. 
And I wanted to just switch over to pricing on some of these bikes because what I was getting at is when you are online, like I go to Craigslist, the first thing I do is CT70, then CT Space 70, and then every other way you can conceivably spell it. And I try to find them. And I search all over and they range ridiculously in price. Yeah. Now, yeah. from what I can tell, you offer runners that you can fire up and enjoy. God knows for uh, years, maybe sure. just, and then you have brand new ones that you've refurbished every nut and bolt. You've taken it through the entire process and those sell somewhere what in the neighborhood of $6,000. somewhere. $6, right. Yeah. So yeah. now I've got a choice. I can, um, I can buy a, a runner for a few thousand dollars, but I'm probably going to be spending a thousand, twelve hundred, almost within the first couple of months. Before you know, it, you're going to be right up to five grand. So whether you buy a new one for six or you buy a used one and add to it, and you you creep up to six, that's kind of the number, the five six number for the CT70s. Is is that a good range? For- it, it is. It is. It's a very good range. But I will say this. I, I think as buyers out there, I, I think you really need to sit down and think about ultimately, what do I want to do with this bike? And, and, and looking at purchasing a bike, I think you need to ask yourself and be honest with yourself that you need to say, do I want to ride it around my neighborhood? Do I want to go on the mini bike ride with Joe? Because I'm going to be honest with you. If you buy a bike and it's a basket case and you want to get it fully restored for $6,000, I'm going to be honest with you, the people that I deal with, then they they do not want to ride it. Okay. After they get it fully restored, it's too pretty. They're afraid <laughs> they're going to happen or they're afraid that Joe's going to come across and, and get into it. Or so, you know, I mean, I think you got to be honest with yourself and ask yourself, what do you, you know, if it's something that you just want to putz around in your neighborhood, that's great. I, I think that $2,000, $3,500 bike will do everything you want it to do. I really do. Um, so, but then, you call it garage jewelry, right? So some people just want that, you know, they really don't want to go riding in the evenings or they don't want to ride it on the weekend. They really don't. They just want to look at it, you know? Yeah. I think most of the guys that seem to be, well, I know the guys that I kind of hang around with are into these bikes there. They want it every once in a while, instead of going golfing or every once in a while, instead of just hanging around the house, it's like, I'm going to call up my brother-in-law and my dad and, my buddy from high school, we all have CT70. We're going to go take a ride somewhere. We're going to go somewhere. And, and, you know, if you do that, what, three, four times a summer, you're a lucky guy. Right. Maybe you sure. want to put on the back of your cool pickup truck and bring it to the car show. That's been something that you see a lot of when you go to the car shows, the back of the, and if you got a bitchin' slam square, square frame Chevy <laughs> pickup truck and you got a nice Honda in there or a nice mini bike in there, people love that. And, and again, oh. It, it goes back to that. It, it's just the, the, the smile and the enjoyment people have seeing these bikes. I, I can't tell you how many times a day I hear the story and where I've done five or six bikes for people that have, you're talking about the bitch and rides, the, the, the oak beds in the back of their oh, Chevy yeah. pickups. And so I build a bike for them and put it in the back. They put it in the back of their truck and that's strapped down, but they have no intentions of ever getting that bike out of the back of their truck. It 
goes to the shows, <laughs> the car shows, see, and they, they never get it out. But undoubtedly, after the weekend's over and Monday morning, I'll get this phone call and the guy calls me up and he said, hey, he said, just absolutely loved it. The show was fantastic. We won. But he said, I got to tell you, I had $75,000 in my truck and I give you $35,000 to restore my little Z50. And he said, I got more compliments on the Z50 than I did with the truck. He said the Z50 won the show. The truck didn't. Yep. You know, I, so I had yeah, a bike that. I, I hear um, those stories quite a bit. I've had some uh, mini bikes that uh, we had had jake moe built for us and one of them was a bike called frankenstein and i brought that bike out to a few functions some major car shows and events and to your point people would walk by hundred thousand dollar frame off chevelles and novas and walk right to the mini bike oh i had a little i had one just like that with a five horse and here's my you know they all have to show you the scars where oh, they yeah. fell down uh, so this used bike market uh you know, from the horse's mouth, you know, guys, look, you know, you don't have to go down and rake down seven, six, seven grand for garage candy. If you're into riding, uh, you know, a few grand, you may want to um, think about that as a good number. And everybody's looking for a little bit of a deal and they're out there, I guess, if you got the patience to, 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 to wait for that right bike for the right price. I'm, uh, I'm looking and I'm sure that many of you are too. I invite you to check out uh, Tracy's place. It's Little Bikes Restoration. Uh, if you're in Indianapolis, and many guys are are anxious to get to Indy for whatever reasons, whether you're into mud trucks or whether you're into Indy racing or NASCAR, Indianapolis, you can't go wrong if you're a car guy. That's uh, a home of Meekum Auction, which takes place there, I think, about every May. In so May. if you are out and about, uh, you you got to check him out. He's He's got a little bit of automotive underneath his feet too you know the property is it isn't that property owned by bill simpson did you say when we were talking yeah of course now it's the the bill simpson foundation yeah rest um, in peace bill, you know, bill, lost, bill i i was very blessed and in when i talked to you on the phone about you know hey you're out there where bill grew up he and i spent uh, he was in my shop every day seven days a week uh, he would come in and, and say hello in the mornings and then along about evening, he would tell me to go home. And I said, well, you know, you're telling the wrong guy to go home because you need to go home. You're the one that's 80. I said, you need to go home. And that guy still worked every single day. And, and I sure miss him. I know that. And, and so Sundays he would come in and he called that his day off and he would come in and sit for four or five hours with me on Sundays. So yeah, I got to know him really well. And, and he introduced me to a lot of great race people. And, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's an honor to be in the building that I'm in. Well, look, I uh, would love to follow up on this opportunity to have a chance to talk to you. It, it feels like we're kind of meeting each other. That's the beauty of these, uh, uh, these, these online podcasts. Uh, are there any folks that you would like to take a moment to uh, thank who help make the, um, yeah, the little bikes restoration well, business there, uh, work. There's, yes, there's so many. I mean, when I look back, I, I there's a, a guy that's been doing. I look at these guys who's been in the business. They forgot about more than the Hondas than what I'll ever know, you know. And and Brian York out of Seymour, Indiana, has given me a lot of insight. Um, 
He, he has been doing it for about 20, 25 years. Mike Razzo is another one that if I ever call him, ask or do anything, he is more than willing to help. And, and the same way with David Richards out Mike's mini trail out in Idaho, you know, there's just so many people that has helped me. And, and, uh, the biggest, one of the biggest things I have is the people at Dryer Honda in Indianapolis. Steve does all my engines and we set him up a shop a mile south of my, what you see online is just our assembly shop. That's not our engine shop. Our engine shop is a mile south of the town. And that's where Steve does all his magic there. And, and, uh, so, yeah, he's just, you know, the guy's been doing it forever. Junior Dryer's been doing it. Pop Dryer's the one that started it over 100 years ago. And, and so to have somebody like Steve to do the engines, it's incredible. You know, it, it just really is. And, and a shout out to my Todd, uh, the guy that does all my painting there, just does an incredible job. What do you have on the tables now? What are you almost close to completing? What types of projects are you almost done with over oh, there? Orange, orange topaz, uh, an emerald green, and I have two SLs up there uh, waiting on engines there. In the pipeline, I just counted today, as a matter of fact, that before I come home, I got with Todd just to make sure, and we have 21 bikes in the paint shop today. Wow. So, yeah, that's 21 at one time. And usually on the floor, on the assembly floor, I think when you panned around there the other day or I panned around it for you to look, I've, I've had as many as 22 um, on the floor. Uh, and today there's about eight. Um, there's about eight of them in there. So uh, the, the picture that people refer to quite a bit is on our homepage and it's where I literally crawled up on top. So it's 25 feet to the ceiling, it's 25 or 30 feet. It's concrete building. So, and shot the picture down and people ask me a lot, especially people who's inquiring about maybe getting their bike restored. They said, I got to ask you, is that Photoshopped? And I said, no, that was just our shop every day. And, and they said, my goodness, it's so clean. You could eat off the floor. And, and that's the way we, we keep it just, I mean, every day, every minute it's that clean. Well, I, um, uh, I call the attention to those of you who may be watching the photos that I posted again yesterday on the Facebook page and those photos that Emmanuel has been running. There's a group photo that you may see a really clean petty blue SL 70. Uh, what a beautiful miniature motorcycle that is and that recently sold do you do you mind giving folks an idea like what that blue sl70 sold for yeah six thousand and you have that beautiful red 74 z50 which uh is still available talk a little bit about that bike because guys if you're ever in the market for a honda z50 and you want one totally restored with all the attention to detail that red Z50 is awesome. Talk a little bit about that bike and what's that price at? Well, the the Z50s that I do start around 5500, but the Z50 that I believe that I showed you the picture of, that was a 69k1 that went into a man's office in Pennsylvania. Uh <laughs> with the wood background. Yeah, yes. great. Oh, that was a great there. photo. Yeah, so, I saw that one. Yeah. What what about the uh the the ladder model, the 74? Was that a 74, the red one? Yeah. 74 75 oh, 75 okay one. yes yeah and so yes that's that available right available and and those are the anywhere from 72 to 78 i sell those for four thousand dollars 
So guys, there you have it. Uh, bikes that will make you the, <laughs> the star of your neighborhood, but more pointedly, put a smile on your face every time you either go into your man cave, your garage, or you know, maybe your office, uh, maybe the back of your pickup truck. Uh, maybe it's something that you use when the kids come around, even if you're just giving a little putt around the backyard, you know, getting them started because that's what these bikes are designed to do. They're, they're, they're designed to get these young kids in, get them intoxicated on it, and then use it as an incentive. It's a reward to ride the bikes. You know, you do good in school, you get your own bike. You know, there, 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 there's so much goodness that comes from those little bikes. They're machine-like. You know, they're like sewing machines, Hondas. They, they really don't break down. And if they break down, it's usually one or two things. You know, we talked about things like a hardened gas line hose or right. you know, yeah. something along those lines. Not much goes wrong. Uh, like my grandma Corey used to say, you can fix them with a little WD-40 and a toothpick and maybe a little gum. Yeah. Uh, and, and look, yeah. they're going up in price. So when you think about it, it's a pretty decent investment. Um, but more pointedly, it's like, you know, it, it's something that you want. And if you want it and you're looking for a small bike and it's not just Hondas, although that's Tracy's area of expertise. Uh, you've had a couple other different models in there. I've seen you have a couple of Yamahas in there. You used to do the GT80 Yamahas. I used to have yeah, one of that's, that I Yeah, I haven't, but that's how I got started was the GT80. And, Great little bike. And, and cute little bike, fun yeah. to do. And, and then I got started right in on the Hondas. I taught my buddy, Brian Pake, who was a, you know, he was in his thirties at the time, but he learned how to ride his first bike was that GT80. Right. <laughs> Great all. little bike. Another one of those bikes that I should have kept, like the hundreds of others. But hey, Tracy, is there anything else that maybe you wanted to talk about that we didn't have a chance to talk about? I wanted to touch on a few things, uh, but you know we're kind of running out on time. Most folks may not know, but Tracy has uh, been uh, involved in the professional golf game and uh, spent some time. Was it South Carolina? South Carolina, yeah. I, I started in Charleston, South Carolina, and then ended up teaching golf. There's a PGA certified master instructor that out of Hilton Head and spent three years in Hilton Head. And boy, you want to talk about a pretty area. Oh, Man, sure. Hilton Head, South Carolina's pretty. So anyway, and, and people say, people always say to me, well, why in the world did you move back to Indiana? And I said, well, it's because of my beautiful wife, Kelly. I mean, you take one look at her, I mean, <laughs> My goodness. We had the chance to do that, and we had a chance to see her putting up the backdrop, although she wasn't very successful. Next time we have you on the podcast, we'll have the full yeah. the full signage. Guys, uh, look, you don't need to wait for uh, Kelly to show up on – or excuse me, well, not Kelly and Tracy. Kelly, too. We'll add Lucas, too. You don't have to wait for all of them to show up on a podcast to get to, to talk with them. Check them out on their Facebook page. Give them a call. Uh, he's available, and if he's not available, Kelly will be there. Uh, and and love and, and one side note, Joe, that we feel all kinds of questions. So don't don't think there's anything that you're afraid to ask or whether it's about a used bike or a new bike or or, hey, I would love to have you do my bike. But it's, it's expensive because you recommend someone else. And to be honest with you, I have people that call me up almost daily and say, I don't have a Honda but I've got another little brand. Can you recommend someone to me? And usually I've got buddies in this business and, and, and learn to know of others who's really good in that field. So we're always happy to just suggest someone else. Absolutely. Uh, look, I, I want to thank you uh, for not only uh, being on the podcast, Tracy, but coming on kind of on a quick notice. It, sometimes those things just work out great. I hope you had a good enough time uh, and as good of a time as I did on the podcast. 
Uh, thank you for the insight. Uh, thanks for doing such a great job over there too. You really, yeah. um, you really, um, your passion shows. And I will yeah. tell you that I'm sure that the next time I'm in the market to buy one of these small Honda bikes, I'll be making my purchase with you at Little Bikes Restoration. Well, thank you very much, Joe. And thank you for having us on. And, and I'm going to kind of hold you to it. I'm going to come out there and judge that show if I can. And, and I'd love to have I you. would love to be out there and spend some time with y'all. Well, thank you so much, Tracy. And uh, we look forward to maybe having you on a future Joe's Mini Bike Reunion podcast. Please. Sleep well. And thanks, Kelly and Lucas as well. I definitely will. And, and uh, good night, everybody. And thank you for being on, Joe and the team there. Thanks so much. We appreciate Our pleasure. it. pleasure. Really pleasure to meet you. All right, folks. So there you have it. Our guest for tonight. Tracy Schooler from Little Bikes Restoration. I want to announce our winner, uh, Teresa Sitton. Teresa, congratulations. You've won a Joe's Mini Bike Reunion t-shirt and hat, a PM me, and I'll be more than happy to send something out to you. And uh, once again, guys, if you're looking for your next CT70Z50 SL model, you better get to Indiana. All right. Uh, our next podcast, it's the big celebration of Cinco de Mayo, May the 5th. It's on a Tuesday. We want to celebrate all our Mexican-American mini bike friends. I want to hear from Corona Irving. He's my favorite. I reached out to him. We'll see if we can get Corona Irving on the, on the podcast. If you're a Mexican-American and you have a mini bike story that you'd like told, maybe that podcast could be for you. Hook up with E. Well, I had a good time. I'm going to go back and spend some time with Boom Boom myself. For those of you who tuned in, we appreciate it. Emmanuel, great job. Tracy, thank you. We'll see you on the next Joe's Mini Bike Reunion podcast. See you next time. Be safe and stay in.